1: Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Yo, my listening? Are you 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 listening? Are
0: you listening? Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm fantastic today. How about yourself? Oh, I'm I'm great. This week's album that I presented to Scott is Band of Horses, Cease to Begin. Yep. And I'm going to run down some of the back history of this, some of the stuff, input wherever you feel you you want to, input wherever you need. Sounds great. So Band of Horses are an American rock band formed in 2004 in Seattle.
1: Rock? Rock band? Rock band. I'm going to cut you off so super early,
0: and I apologize, but rock band? Based off this album... If this is all you've heard of them, it I is? would I would be calling them an American folk rock band. Okay. Indie I don't country, know.
1: maybe. In, okay.
0: Yeah, I can see that also. There's definitely some country vibes on here.
1: Yeah. But
0: their description on the internets is American rock band. Okay. The, that's a very wide spectrum. American rock band formed in 04 in Seattle by Ben Bridwell after the breakup of the band Carissa's Weird. Bridwell founded a record label, Brown Records, that released the first two Chris's Weird albums. Okay. He eventually dissolved his label, and then Chris's Weird released their third album on a different uh, record company, and they broke up very shortly after that in 03. Following the breakup, Matt Brooke, who was in Chris's Weird, he helped Bridwell learn how to play guitar. The band was originally just called Horses, but it soon changed... To band of horses because there was a discovery that a defunct band called Horses, featuring legendary actor Don Johnson. Oh shit! No,
1: they were no. issuing
0: re-releases of some oh, of their no. their stuff, so they couldn't be just be Horses because you know Mr. Miami Vice's band was Horses. He is top tier. After that, the band was briefly a trio with uh, Bridwell on vocals and guitar, Tim Meaning on drums, and Chris Early on bass. Former Chris's Weird leader, Matt Brooke, added and, a, and the quartet released Band of Horses' debut album, Everything All the Time, in March 2006. Okay. Soon after that album, everybody quit. Oh, shit. Everybody quit. Bridwell was the only one left in the band. Really? Yeah. Everybody quit after that album. And oh, brutal. That's crazy to have, like, the entire band quit. I mean, I guess it's
1: only four people, but that's still. But still, that's just put. Out, that, you just put out an album, like yeah. you just put out an album. Now, now you go tour. Then you write another record. Then you put that out. Then you go tour. That's the that's the rules. That's what you sign up for. You'd think so. You'd think so.
0: But after the first album in 06, Bridwell then recruited Creighton Barrett on drums, Rob Hampton on guitar and bass, and then added some keyboards by Ryan Monroe to record cease to begin. That was released October 9th, 2007. So this is their
1: second record. This is their second. Okay. But with a completely different lineup.
0: Correct. Gotcha. So it, it, it's essentially the first record for that band. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, before recording their second album Cease to Begin, Bridwell decided to relocate the band from Seattle mm-hmm. to, and this is a little weird full circle thing, to South Carolina. Wait a second. Yes, we know a band. Emery moved from South Carolina to Seattle. Oh man, that's so crazy. So as you know, in addition to that Full Circle with the band moving from one to the other, this album also came out a week after Emery's I'm Only a Man. Oh, interesting. So we kind of have some of the other releases at the time that we, you know, touched on. I wrote a few different ones down just to, you know, add a little different context. Right. Um, October 8th, Alter Bridges Blackbird came out not an Alter bridge fan i'm not either but i also don't really know anything about them i think i may have heard a single
1: i just know them in like conjunction with creed i feel like like maybe they're just like both super christian rock bands type thing but isn't Alter bridge like a super group though essentially
0: like i put that in quotes i guess but isn't it like a bunch of different members from other i can't remember
1: maybe that's why i maybe that's why i kind of equate it to creed maybe they uh one of the Creed members is part of Ultra Bridge. I'm not sure. I know Mark Tremonti, the guitarist for Creed, went on to do some other stuff, and I'm not sure if it was Ultra Bridge or not. You've already far surpassed
0: my knowledge of Creed by pulling a name Dude, of a band member.
1: This is so so. This is my most uh, embarrassing concert. I was front row center for a Creed show back in the day, like Creed headlining. Yes. Yes,
0: sir. And, okay, you say embarrassing now, but did you enjoy the it at the time? It was currently
1: embarrassing then. Oh. So <laughs> what made you go? Like, what uh, made you decide that this is what I want to do? Free tickets and an open
0: Friday night or something like that. Three tickets is enough. I'll go to any live music
1: event. I don't care what it is. Because I feel like the experience you could experience everything differently. Yeah. And at the time I did I did appreciate and probably still do appreciate Mark Tremonti's guitar playing. He was he was just phenomenal. And he had this really gorgeous PRS guitar that I loved with the bird inlays on the neck and stuff. I'm going guitar today. This is guitar, not drums, bro. No, it's not drum cast, It's guitar cast. <laughs> um but yeah, like I, I kind of I guess I kind of dug them back then, but like even then, I I would roll my eyes whenever I heard them on the radio or at a store or something. I will maintain that those the two Creed hits, arms wide with open, with
0: arms wide open, and six feet from the edge or something like that. Is that the same song or is that I a don't, different
1: song? I don't know that
0: one. All I know is with arms wide open. I will maintain that both of those songs are good songs. I just I, I don't listen to them right often but if i hear them in a setting like i'm just in walmart or something and i hear it i was like oh god i mean i'm not gonna be getting down not, you're not gonna see me nodding my head but it's like, right. this is a good song i don't mind it yeah i don't think i had any embarrassing concerts i mean i've definitely been to i've, I've went to things that i was embarrassed about doing but i liked it like i went and saw mm-hmm. i went and saw britney spears in like oh two or oh three okay and i was embarrassed of doing it at the time but i like i didn't want anybody to know but i loved it <laughs> i loved going right and then to the point where i bought like a long sleeve like torti a britney spears long sleeve yeah. Oh, yeah. okay and then like two or three years later i was afraid like i just something in my head was like it may have been earlier than or 0203 it, it may have been like 01 but I, like two or three years later, I would got worried in my head that my friends were going to find it and make fun of me. And I like, <laughs> I cut it up and threw it away. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And like, I've, that's one article of clothing that I've looked and scoured. Like I just, I want to get that long sleeve again. I, right. I love, I, I want the memory associated with it back.
1: I want to wear that long sleeve, but it's, I can't find it. I can't yeah. find it at all. I imagine it'd be difficult to find something that's like 20 years old and a Britney Spears. I think it was the oops. I
0: did it again. tour. I think. Oh, it was, okay. Like right before her next album came out, she was still touring off. Oops, I did it again. But yeah, I I, I was embarrassed at the time, like of people finding out. But I loved it. Like I, I don't. I, I'm glad I'm past a phase where I don't have to, you know, hide what I like from people. Right. Like I'm yeah. just. It's what I like is what I like, and I'll tell you. Like it doesn't matter to yeah. me. Okay, album... Oh, no, I was, I was going to talk about other things that released. I was talking about that. Yeah. October 9th, The Hive's Black and White album came out. Other things that came out October 9th, we have Kid Rock's Rock and Roll Jesus. I know you grabbed that one the day it came out. No, sir. You've never listened to it? No, but I do own Double Without a Cause because it was... I know you do on vinyl, yeah. It was one of the first CDs
1: with the parental advisory thing on it that I ever bought. I know the first one that I bought that had the parental advisory on it. What was it? It was Corn's Life is Peachy. And I bought it at a Sam Goody in the mall. And then I had to go and get a Sharpie from someone in the mall and take out the jacket, it? color it in. So my parents didn't see it.
0: That's insane. That's yeah. insane.
1: <laughs> because
0: I think after the Kid Rock album that was Parental Advisor, my second one would have been uh, Mystical's Tarantula. So oh, there you go. So uh yeah,
1: I don't I don't think uh I don't think anybody in my life cared that I had parental advisory albums. I remember the first one I bought that my mom caught that had the parental advisory on it. It was uh the Bloodhound Gang's Hooray for Boobies. Yeah, that one that yeah. And it had well the thing is it threw me because the parental advisory was blue instead of black. So it meshed in. So it meshed in with the color scheme of the record. I went out and had like a handful of cds came home and my mom asked what i got so i showed her and she was like what is this and of course on the cover too there's like pastries made to look like boobs and oh yeah i was like what there's nothing wrong with it there's no parental advisor on it and she like does the the mom thing and holds it up to my face and has her finger (laughs) touching and tapping the i was like oh yep okay that's there didn't see it sorry Bloodhound Gang's one of those really
0: weird, like, musical acts that it's hard to fit them in anywhere, but
1: they succeeded.
0: Like, it's it's really
1: it's, weird. yeah. You can't categorize them because they're all over the place. Like, if you they they have a lot of hip hop influence, they have a lot of rock and punk rock, you know, and then they're the they're super humorous dudes. Yeah, it's really weird. It's, yeah,
0: they're just one of those really interesting acts that succeeded when looking at him you would think no yeah for sure also october 9th we had a wilhelm scream
1: career suicide I don't yes know if you're wilhelm Dude, scream fan i love that band their record ruiner is amazing i just remember when ruiner came out and i had that and it blew my mind and i, I love that record october 16th thrice's alchemy index volumes 1 and 2 came out no oh, not my favorite
0: yeah i they they're all kind of lumped in with me all the alchemy indexes i'm just kind of like they're there they're fine the, yeah
1: the, the alchemy index uh one through four i i'm not a huge fan of
0: on october 23rd say anything's in defense of the genre came out
1: just yes. also if
0: you want need to know where we're at in addition to the ones we talked about in other episodes uh october 10th radiohead and rainbows came out october 2nd soldier boy tell soldier boy tell com came out and october 16th Jimmy Eat World's "Chase the Light" came out, so we're still here trying to get still here trying to get bonus points. You know, right. <laughs> the Hot 100 of the week when this was released, number one was "Crank That." It was sweeping the nation. Oh man! Number two was "Stronger" by Kanye. Um, then there was a bunch of other stuff, and just you know, number eight was "Rockstar" by Nickelback. So everybody's Ugh. everybody's everybody's loving it. Number fourteen coming back down from its peak of number one. The only scene song to ever reach number one, Plain White Tees, Here There, Delilah. Oh, yeah. I remember so this that was track. This was on the, the downswope of Plain White Tees being the number one. The Billboard 200 for the week of October 13th. Number one was Still Feels Good by Rascal Flatts. Really? That was number one? Mm-hmm. Number three was Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I...
1: Didn't really dig
0: that record all that much. Number five was Graduation, Kanye album, which it's one that a lot of people seem to care a lot about, and I don't, really. It was all right. I didn't mind it too much. And then, just for fun, number 21 on the Billboard 200 was Death Clocks, the death album. Dude,
1: (laughs) I love that album. It's great. It is is legitimately great. When Lucas was a baby, he couldn't sleep well. He he had really bad colic and we didn't know he had hernias uh, so he didn't sleep throughout the night and Emily and I would take turns staying up with him so we would each get like four hours of sleep each and my time would be spent either driving around in my car which he would actually sleep in. I think it was the movement and like the 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 hum of the car that would get him to sleep or I'd be sitting on the couch watching uh, what was the name of that show that Death Clock? Metalocalypse. Yeah. Metalocalypse. I was watching that. It's great. Yeah, I, I think it it's fantastic. fantastic.
0: Cease to Begin was produced by Phil Eck, and not just produced, he produced, mixed, and engineered this whole thing himself. Oh, dang. Okay. And he has also done that for most of his projects, I found. Like, he's oh, in complete creative control. He's worked with Modest Mouse, Mud Honey, Father John Misty, Fleet Foxes, The Shins, a bunch of bands that I'm sure. If you're into that music, you would know. But yeah. I don't. Sure. Like the, the, two, the two ones he did a lot of albums for were Built to Spill, which I've never heard of. I, I've heard of them. I've never heard them, though. And then Caustic Resin was the other one he did a lot of stuff nope. for. He also uh, did two of David Cross's comedy albums, which is a very interesting page hmm. in, that, in that discography. Yeah. You don't hear much about comedy albums. At least not the production of them. Right, the album reached number thirty-five on the Billboard 200, so it was this this album that's up there. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's well received
1: top, for a uh, you know top like,
0: fifties, legit. Yeah, for sure. It was voted the ninth best album of two thousand seven by Paste Magazine. Okay. And the forty seventh best by Rolling Stone. Oh wow! Okay. So that, that's a pretty big one too. Yeah, that's not that's nothing to laugh at. The album also gave them their first European hit. No one's gonna love you. Yeah, uh, it was number 22 in Denmark. It was their first like international hit.
1: Cool. I can I can tell you about like my initial reactions to the album if you want. Yes, please. Okay. So you we we record our podcast on Saturdays normally. So you gave me this record and that night Emily and I were off to a surprise birthday party for her friend Laurel. Okay. So we were like the we were like the red herring for the party. We were just going out to dinner with her and her husband, my friend Andy. Oh, you were pivotal in this plan. You yes. Were pivotal. Yeah, we were we were we were the dummies. We get to be the couple who is just there for dinner and then people show up and surprise her. And it, it was it was actually really great. It worked out pretty well. So on the way, we had a like a 45 minute drive from our house to uh the place we were going. So before you
0: continue, I would like to say that this album is ten tracks, thirty-four minutes, forty-five seconds. So
1: we listened to the whole thing. So as we're driving, (laughs) Emily and I were just kind of picking fun at some of the pronunciations of words. Oh yeah, that the vocalist had. Like I'm, I'm really surprised that they came from Seattle.
0: Okay, where did you think they were from?
1: I thought either like south like like tennessee or or kentucky as we've discovered before south carolina is the south right or i thought alaska oh because they (laughs) fun family like fact uh we watch alaskan bush people and all these like alaskan survival shows type thing and all the people on those shows pronounce words really weird so so that was in my head and i was like wonder if these dudes are from alaska at all and then we just, we didn't really, I didn't really listen to the record. We just listened for words that were like, that just hit us strangely. And and that that is about his style on this.
0: Like just his vocal style is so artistic almost. Like he has to, he changes things to fit places where I don't, I would never see that right. where
1: he's trying to fit it. I can see that. But it, his voice is also in like that octave range that really doesn't hit me like okay, it, it's not fair. it's not super unique where I'm going to latch onto it and it's not like in a register that I'm used to hearing yes so it's like in between it's a little higher pitch so it took me a while to like actually hear it and and get it and be able to like hear the words that weren't
0: sounding weird i mean there were some tracks on here that, and i've been listening to this song for this album since 2008 2009 i've like it's, it's i've at least listened to it at least probably twice a year since okay. then and there were parts
1: of this album that i i couldn't have told you any of the words i right i, I couldn't have told you. i didn't yeah, th- know that was one thing that hit me from the beginning when we were driving uh to the party like there was so, m- so many words that i just didn't i didn't catch so the songs weren't hitting me at all like i was just like this is really weird i don't understand any of the lyrics i don't know if i'm supposed to recognize these words at all and then i attributed it to that that higher pitch and then like i just couldn't focus he
0: also splits phrases weirdly like what mm-hmm. what sounds like the end of a verse is just the middle of a sentence
1: right yes yeah i finally went on to to look up the lyrics for some of the songs like usually when we do this i don't like to look up anything I want to be completely surprised, hear what you have to say, I'll tell you what I have to say, and then if I feel the need to, I'll go back and look up lyrics and all that. But with this one, I had to look up some lyrics just so I had some sort of context so I could talk anything about it. Well, let me get into uh, a review here then. I got, I, I got two reviews from Pitchfork.
0: Mm-hmm. They gave it a 7.7. 7. Okay. Okay. Stephen M. Dusner said, These songs go for texture and shade over size and scale, an admirable shift even if Band of Horses don't always pull it off. Okay, I can see that. That's not an inaccurate review. And then we have from tinymixtapes.com, they gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Oh, damn. And Chris Norton said, "This set floats along on a flat pulse of pleasantness with such ease, it's hard to remember which track made you want to skip back. This is music to write term papers to. When the boys aren't tra- <laughs> <laughs> when the boys aren't treading water, they're treading a fine line between memorable and anonymous. Also, somewhat fair. Yeah, I I, I can't disagree with you yeah know, either it's, of those.
1: It's." They're both correct. It's just... Let me
0: me walk you through my history with this album in particular and Band of Horses as a whole. Sure. Had to have been around the time that Band of Horses' first album came out is when I... I've talked about getting my first iPod previously. Yes. Well, before I had an iPod, I was of the tech-savvy kind that purchased a Zune. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember Zune. It was... Microsoft's attempt at taking out the iPod. It was a Microsoft product. Yeah, I, rem- I remember it coming out. I never had one, though. It had a much bigger screen, and may- maybe me just being a contrarian, I was like, you know what? Fucking iPod, man. I need a Zoom. Yeah. So yeah. I got a Zoom, and on the Zoom, preloaded was Band of Horses' first album. Okay. Every- everything all the time was on the Zoom. First thing I did when I plugged it in, deleted that album. Just- <laughs> because I'll I'll even say now like on paper this is not an album that Brandon should like. Right. On like if you laid this thing down, you play this for somebody, this doesn't seem like an album that I would enjoy.
1: I was going to ask you on this podcast if you are a country music fan at all.
0: The the answer is kind of no like i don't go out of my way to listen to any country i would mm. prefer to listen to other things other than country i can get down with certain country female country vocalists i can handle i don't like most male country vocalists okay i was a miranda lambert fan for a while okay oh hold on did she put a double album out a couple years ago yeah i think so it, it was on a list of like greatest albums of the 2010s maybe oh okay And I was listening to albums through that list, just trying to be a better music, music, you know, person who appreciates music. And that was on there. And I listened to a full double
1: Miranda Lambert album. Didn't hate it. It was just kind of, okay, I get it. Right. She did. She did this, like, little super group with a couple other female country artists called uh, Pistol Annies that I got into for a minute. Okay. Um, Yeah, not bad, but not Normally, what you would call a Scott record, and th- there's definitely some country stuff on this album. I I, I can wholly oh. acknowledge, oh, yeah. that,
0: but I don't think because it's all in how it's perceived. So, like the first time I heard this album, it was actually Tara and I were like just starting to like meet, and like we were just starting to like hang out, and we would like go for rides in a car. We would leave college. Cause that's where I met her. We met at college mm-hmm. and we would leave like in between classes, each other's classes, whatever, and just drive in her car. And this is what she enjoyed. Like this is oh, okay. her genre. So it playing became kind of the soundtrack to my romance that like sure, got became the, like became the, the love of my life. This was the opening opus to that. Right. And a, and a lot of these songs so embedded in my head of just like the, the feelings of happiness, the, the, the the careless optimism almost like there's still there's still some stuff there but like a lot of these songs are fairly optimistic no they're they're extremely optimistic and then add to that that i had to tell her that i deleted a band of horses album off my (laughs) Zoom because it's not my vibe but then like after that soundtrack and like having it so closely associated with her i dove into it more and realized that we that like there's a shared humanity behind everything. So I Mm -hmm. I felt like by understanding this album, I could understand her more as a person, which made me care more about her. So like this album is huge for me. Yeah. And listening to it now, I still, a lot of those feelings are still, like every time I hear a certain track, I think of just like riding in her car, like there's a sunset. We're both acting weird because we're uncomfortable. We don't really know how to talk to each other, but we're also like, already perfectly fitting
1: together like we're both comfortable but uncomfortable i love it when stuff like that happens with music and you can always go back to get those like when you're jonesing for a feeling you can just throw that on and then you kind of get that yeah i love that
0: no one no one's gonna love you was huge because like for a long time tara and i like didn't tell each other like i love you like we didn't say it it was like we were both kind of like oh i don't know, we don't know when it's right and then that song playing all the time was just kind of like uh a catharsis for both of us i guess like okay. it would be on and like we would just like be driving holding hands or like standing somewhere right and it was just it was just such a beautiful moment i have so many beautiful moments packed into this sure
1: i have a track by track rundown when we get to it well i mean let's get into it that's that's the that's the first track on the album so. It's the first track on the album yeah uh so the one while we were driving on our initial listen this is obviously the first track that comes up emily and i i think we were at like a stoplight or something and we looked over at each other and we like, is there seriously only two unique sentences in this track? There's only two sentences repeated over and over and over. Yes. In this like three to four minute song. And I was like, oh, this is going to be rough.
0: <laughs> but this, uh, this track also doesn't have the, as much as the country
1: twang. Like this, this track no. kind of just feels like a, an indie rock song. This one, Emily brought up. She said it reminded her, that it sounded a lot like um, Galapagos by the Smashing Pumpkins off of Melancholy and the Infant Sadness. I, I'm sure somebody will get that reference. I've never listened to Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Not, not a single Smashing Pumpkins record?
0: Never a record. I'm sure I know their hits. I'm like sure you do. Hit- or two, but no, I've never listened to a full Smashing Pump. Oh, I-, I told you, if, if, you take, if you take most things from, let's go. I, I keep forgetting how much younger you are than me. Let's go 1985 to about 1997. It, basically anything within there, I'm blank on. Yeah. Okay. Be- because my parents listened to older stuff. So I got a lot of that rock stuff from my dad. And my yeah. mom listened to some 80s stuff that I got from her. And then I listen. Then once I started like getting interested, I figured
1: it out. And I've went back and like found some things here and there, but yeah. m- for the
0: most part, it's it's blank.
1: I don't know if Melancholy is the one I want to hit you with because that's a double album. Maybe I will bring it to you. We'll do a double album episode, and we'll run right. for three hours talking about it. Well, love to hear it. <laughs> love, love love to hear it. Okay, so after the first track, what's the second track? Give me
0: give me what you, your your second track.
1: Uh, Ode to the LRC is the second okay. track. Ode to the LRC. So yep. what do we got for this? Because there's definitely some some country vibes in here. A little there bit. There is definitely country vibes. Uh this was my first is this a country record reaction that I got. I, I wrote, I felt like they were trying to convince me that the world is such a wonderful place, but I Your negativity didn't help this song. I really loved the di Da's though. Oh okay. I did. Like I got into it, I was like, La dah
0: It was great. Ode to the LRC is Tara's favorite track off this album. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm going to be honest, though, like listening to this, you know, with my experience with Terra and then diving into it year by year, I don't think I ever heard the countryness. Because to me, it's the type of music that they are playing anyway, like the indie type sure. rock stuff, which yeah. I don't listen to at all. Like, I just I really don't. I didn't. And like now it's minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I just assumed that that's kind of what they were. But like now, the, the more I get associated with different genres and different types of music, and I know it's a rough game playing the genre game, it sucks.
1: But I do hear it now. This was the first track that had those weird pronunciations on some of the words. Yes. Like the, the way he said dog mm-hmm. reminded me of, was it, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels where they were saying dog or dag. I can't remember what movie it was for that, that uh, Brad Pitt would say that. I may have not known it was dog until
0: like two years ago. So yeah. I listened to the, I listened to this album for years, not knowing it was Dog.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the way he said "murder" and the way he said "hell," like I wrote down those oh. words were just. I strange love the murder. I love the murder. Yeah, Trying to murder. Yeah, it's it
0: was just so weird. I love that. That one gets me. oh uh, the L- o- I will tell you Ode to the LRC is
1: my second favorite track off this album. Okay, uh, it is not on my top 3. Let's go to 3. What's number 3 on this album? No one's going to love you. The the third song and one of your one of your favorites, I imagine. It is my number 3 favorite. Okay. Um the guitar with the delay on the intro was super dreamy. I kind of I kind of dug that. Yes. Um, I wrote down what a great little love song. Possible yes. top 3. I loved the lyric we are the ever living ghost of what once was
0: there's great moments in here. Like Mm. I feel like even if somebody doesn't get down on this whole album, they will find something in it. Yeah. Cause like you said, a lot of the tracks are different than themselves. Like like the first track wasn't a country track. Second track introduced some, some country flavor. The third track has some, you know, it's a love song.
1: Yeah. It's dreamy and loving. This is, I actually wrote down, this is a a song I would have put on an anniversary mix CD for Emily. When we were dating, I would give her a mix CD of songs that reminded me of her every month oh
0: every hold hold on she has a binder of like
1: yeah she has a binder of like 130 cds that i i mixed every month what you need to do is you need to burn one of those mail it to me and we'll cover that for an an episode (laughs) i could i could (laughs) like Um, the the 46 month anniversary 40, I'll write it down. I'll write down 46 months and <laughs> I guarantee I could find it. So has that stopped? It did. After I think I did it up until... I, I don't want to lie and say that I did it up until we got married, but it, it went on. Like there's 130 CDs she probably has, something like that. Like it went on for years. And can you confirm no repeated songs? No, because specifically... There are repeated songs at the end of each CD. I made it, I made it, I made hidden tracks. Okay. So I gave her, 13 is our number. We we met July, uh, we met July 10th, started dating the 13th. 13 has always come up in our, in our relationship. We were married on October 13th. It's a thing. So each CD is 13 songs long. And then after the first year, I put a 13 second quiet like silent track and then a hidden track after that so and then the second year i added another song to the hidden track list and then the third year a third song and so forth so always 13 songs with a few hidden at the end based on what okay. year we were together but those hidden tracks were always the same every month oh okay they were like our songs that's incredible that's awesome so this is this song would have been if i was still doing them now if I was still doing those CDs, this would be on one of those CDs for sure. But no, this is my top song.
0: When I like think when I listen to this and thinking about like what you would think, mm-hmm. um, I thought you would enjoy when in the first track in Is There a Ghost, when it was like gearing up, like when the I loved I loved that,
1: but the repetitiveness killed it yeah. for me. Understood. Yeah
0: and then i knew this one would be either like extremely hit or miss like i th- i i thought that you're either going to really latch on to this love song and yes. you know this is extreme hit for sure i'm very excited because it's a very it's a it's a positive love song like it it's is. a happy thing i'm glad to hear you're latching on to something i really
1: happy. am that kind of guy <laughs> like i'm a love song <laughs> kind of guy i just don't get into the overly positive stuff usually but this one yeah this uh this is a great song it's it's amazing i saw um on youtube a kind of acoustic version acoustic live version they did for some like radio show and it was phenomenal like the the singer and the guitarist played and then halfway through the song some dude came up with a mandolin and like just had these little had these little notes that came out of nowhere and just added dude it was it was gorgeous. If I can find it, I'll send you the link. It was great. Did in this video, did Ben Bridwell look exactly how you expected him to look? I expected him. Yeah, actually, I was gonna say yeah. I expected him to look a little rough with some crooked, messed up teeth, <laughs> a full on beard, and yeah, he he meets that. He meets that vision I had. Yeah, it's like anytime Tara and I are
0: anywhere, and we like see a guy with like a really long beard, just kind mm-hmm. of wearing like you know the clothes you would expect like an indie guy to wear. Yeah. So it's was like, hey, look this guy's probably in band of horses. Like every time. <laughs> All right. What's the next track? What's after no one's gonna love you?
1: Uh Detlef Shrimp. Detlef shrimp. Yeah. Yes. The only note I have about this one is uh, is this about the 90s basketball player? Yeah. I I, 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 I can't answer that because I don't yeah. know either. But uh and then I have written down that the way he says any other way was yeah. one of those things that Emily and I was was laughing about. Any other way. I think a lot of those, like, vocal stylings, I guess we can call them,
0: I, yeah. I, I, I like them because I think it's – I'm not expecting any of them. Like, it's sure. it's all – every time it happens, I'm like, oh, what? whoa, what was this? What happened over here now?
1: Yeah. And I, I really like a lot of those vocal stylings. It just hit us as, as strange and funny and, like, yeah. very country sounding, and I did not expect that from you as a yes. record for me to listen to That's for the true. podcast. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I was I was thinking after I gave it to you
0: and like listened to it the first couple of times, I was like, oh yeah, this is uh this can't be what he's expecting. This yeah, can't no, be what he- it wasn't at all. What were you expecting? I know you didn't really have any context for Band of Horses, but like just the name, album title, uh, based off the cover, what were you expecting going into? Yeah, it? I
1: really didn't know because I know you're not a huge indie guy. Mm-hmm. I know we've never really talked about country music at all, but I never expected you to be Uh, A country music fan, looking at the cover, it reminded me of a Bouncing Souls record. It's the same color scheme, and it looks like the Bouncing Souls logo face guy is coming up like a moon out of water. So it looks almost exactly alike. So yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Band of Horses kind of threw me off because I kind of felt like it was a country thing, but I didn't expect country coming from you. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really know. And then I heard these first couple tracks, and I was like, what the heck? This is this is not what I expected at all. I think to me, it's, it's always been folk in my head. Like, it's, sure. it's
0: not country. Like, they're more, they're more, fo- and I don't know how, I don't even know where I draw the line in my head or where the line is drawn between folk and country. That is a strange line. And maybe it's the, because I think the vocals are probably more country leaning, but maybe yeah. the, maybe, maybe the music the instrument. Isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I give you that. There's no real twang in the guitar.
1: There is later on in the record, I feel like. I, but I, I, at there's, this def- point, there's
0: definitely on the last song.
1: <laughs> yeah, the last song, yeah. Um, but at this point in the record, there's no twang in the instrumentation, just Correct. in the vocals. So that's, I guess, yeah, that's where we blur the line between folk and country or indie country or alt country or whatever you want to call it. The, the The genre game is a wild game. Yeah, especially for bands like this because – there's no definitive hardline genre that you can place it in it's just a mixture of like we said indie country folk whatever um rock that's why they're called american rock band exactly i didn't realize it until i was talking with our friends laurel and andy uh, I had heard Band of Horses previously, but it was only was it the because funeral? they were on. Yes, it was the funeral. And apparently it was on like Scrubs or something, uh, a TV yeah. show. So that would have been the only song that I had heard. And it would have been a short clip of the song on in the background of a sitcom. And the funeral was on their first album. Okay. That was the, so that was, that was their... like the hit from their first album. Sure. And I, I can't even pick that song out. I, I wouldn't be able to, even if you told me. I didn't go back and listen to it yet because I, w- I was trying to keep pure for this record. But I do I do plan on going back and listening to The Funeral just to see if it, if it strikes anything with me, you know, if I can remember it at all. Uh, what's the next track on this album? The General Specific is the next one, uh, which I wrote down as very Lumineers vibe. Like, obviously, okay. I think the Lumineers came after this, after Band of Horses, but that's what I got. First reaction when I was actively listening to the record. That's the first reaction I got to this track. And then it's another another weird pronunciation of some words like bender and December. He really likes to pronounce those ears like December. I can't even I can't even fake it. I don't even know
0: how to do it. I've never listened to Lumineers, but this is my favorite track on the album. I oh, is it? Okay. I told you at the end of last episode that Tara and I were going to, like, look at Fall Foliage and, and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while, the, while this was playing, Ode to the LRC came on, and that's when she said, this is my favorite track. She said, what's your favorite? And I said, oh, it's general specific. And she, and she looked at me, she's like, you love that song. And I was like, I do. I, that's so funny. I can't, I can't pinpoint why, but that is my favorite.
1: It's my favorite Band of Horses song. I love it's, that track. It's my number three. Okay. It's on the list. What's the next track? The next track is Lamb on the Lamb in the City. Yeah. Instrumental. And I wrote that it took me longer to write this than the song lasted. Dreamy little interlude that could have just been an outro for the last track instead of a standalone. Or an intro to the
0: next one. Like it could yeah. have been. But but I if it was an intro, I would like whatever track it was the intro to
1: less. Right. Yeah, I I don't like it as an intro. I it could have blended well into the general specific. I think. Okay, let me see let me see if this changes your mind
0: though. Sure. General specific is end of side A. True. Okay. So, then, so lamb on the lamb you flip yeah. and it kind of maybe that time in between while you're flipping it gets
1: you back into the vibe of it uh, yeah maybe i don't know i don't need a vibe filler that's fair you know what i mean <laughs> that's fair and and it's only like 20 seconds so it could have fit on the it still could have fit on side a i don't know it it just it didn't do anything for me
0: that's fair i mean don't get me wrong i'm out here fighting for lamb on the lamb oh, in yeah. the city <laughs> i know if this is if this was babe two pig in the city then i'm ready to throw it out <laughs> Uh, next is islands on the coast. Islands on the coast. Yeah, it's it. This one has a more like uh, maybe it's just the the word islands, but it's this one sounds like beachy to me almost. This is the summer track that you had mentioned that it's kind of a summery record. I said the the rest were
1: kind of fall. I don't know yeah. if you got that vibe. It's definitely a an autumn fall vibe for me. Kind of yeah. It's it, it's on the border of cold feeling to me but yeah it's definitely i can see an autumn feeling vibe to the record but this track specifically not so much the autumn vibe for me comes from like college just
0: starting i was gonna say is that when you first heard it Yeah. yeah college starting in the fall so here
1: we go yeah there's a whole lot of nostalgia in this record for you Oh yeah, a lot. What did you think about Islands "On the Coast"? The little 6-note riff is super mesmerizing, especially when it's played over and over and over and over and over and I over, agree. over and over. I agree. Not sure I completely get this song, but sonically it sounds good. I never do like an air
0: guitar thing ever. Like it's just not <laughs> something that I do. <laughs> And I was in. I had earbuds, and I was waiting to get blood drawn this morning. And that track came on, and I just started doing it with my fingers. <laughs> also, I don't know how to play
1: guitar, so right. I'm just bullshit. i don't just bullshit. Oh yeah, this is how it's done. Really, I have no idea. Really, it's probably just him holding a G chord and finger plucking. But uh, yeah, I agree. Though it is, it is, it's mesmerizing. It yeah, is mesmerizing. it really is. But yeah, not, not my number two song, for sure.
0: So it, it has to be, cigarettes, wedding bands. Then yes, it is. Is. Yes. I, I like that track a lot. Revisiting that track, it, mm-hmm. it's way better to me than I remember. Right. The the whole back half of this, like side A to me is is I love side A. I think mm-hmm. those five tracks are that's probably my favorite band of my probably my five favorite band of horses songs, if I'm being honest. Like those okay. are like the top five. I gotcha. And then I had to I was just actually revisiting the the side B on vinyl before we started recording just because I was like, I I don't have as much built into this i don't know sure. if that's like my music add before i was listening to full albums mm. when i would like hit play i get halfway through the album and i'm like all right, all right i got it i still like a, a lot of these tracks and that one definitely came back to me and i was like
1: that's a really i really enjoy this track yeah i think we skipped the track though, we, we did we, we skipped make? mary song yeah. which is the one that took a very country turn a very yeah. country feel
0: married my lover
1: yeah and the double <laughs> vocals the yeah. double vocals, the twangy double vocals. I was like, "Oh wow, this is." But I kind of also just see
0: like indie dudes in top hats at a wedding, though. Like it, it <laughs> doesn't, like it doesn't really super seem. I, I can't see like a spittoon near this track. Right, whereas, I gotcha. like, like I th- maybe that's the difference between folk and country is a spittoon. The spittoon. <laughs> if you can envision a spittoon near the song, then it's a country. Then song. it's country. If you can't if you can see, you see a big hat understood
1: i got you We figured it out we got the bottom of it that's we did it
0: we can end the show like not even just not even this episode we can end the whole
1: show now we figured it 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 out we figured it out just very country slow vibe double twangy vocals this was the the country turn like for sure country turn or folk 'Cause there was no spittoon that I saw. But then uh,
0: the next song is Cigarettes Wedding Bands, right?
1: Yes. I I just wrote that it's I dig this song a lot, top three for sure. But I feel like it lets up of the country a little bit. Like there's still some. I think that's it, why I like it.
0: It's absolutely sandwiched in between two very two- country songs two songs that could be on country pop radio like right. it's just it's on there yeah. although not even country pop because this is not what country sounds like now no
1: this is this is more sounds like now. this is
0: more what country used to sound like i guess right
1: yeah but cigarettes wedding bands great song my number 2
0: and then wrap
1: it up with window blues yes window blues i wrote down the lyric that i really loved from it was when it's time to get in trouble we know just what to do yeah when he said that i was like oh that's so dope <laughs> <laughs> like, i love that I'm glad you've
0: even found moments in the tracks that you didn't necessarily enjoy.
1: Th- this was another one that I kind of had to work at, I guess. Work harder or less hard than I'm Only a Man? I think less hard because... Because this thing's so easygoing? Yeah. Well, then, like, it, what? I, I don't want to say I had to work at it. I just had to get in the right mind frame for it. That's fair. I, yeah, I don't know what kind of palate cleanser album you would have had to use for this. Maybe, I'd... like, a a, a behemoth. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll I'll tell you what my record of the week was, which was the palate cleanser for it. But but yeah, I just had to get into the the folk country mind space to get this. Yeah. So it it wasn't it wasn't hard work. It was just like I didn't expect to be in that realm at first. But then I listened to it and I was like, okay, I guess we could talk about the bookend test real quick then. Sure, bookend test where you take the first track,
0: last track, play them back to back. Find your own journey within there if there is one. Usually there is. Uh, book and test is, is there a ghost to the window blues? And at the very least, sonically, it goes from what is an indie
1: song to a country song. For sure. And then lyrically, there's more words to the second song than the first song. So you mean there's more than one sentence? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah.
0: So, you know, journey. <laughs> and and I, I do see it as, I see the final... Song as more of like a a punctuation on this album. Sure. Because it it opens up with like, it seems like it's going to be something. And then by the time you reach the end, it's something different. But I I felt like it did evolve within to get there. Yeah. Like throughout the album. And then the final track is like, and i don't want to say an exclamation point because that's too loud for band of horses they wouldn't use an exclamation point <laughs> right they would use a, a, maybe even a period is too loud for them like i think like a nice semicolon would be good <laughs> just a nice a nice quiet punctuation in there for sure and the, the the final song just puts that punctuation like no you were right you did hear what you heard in here because right we're yeah doing it again so obviously it, to me it passes the bookend test but yeah. like no, I've, like i've said and they always will because i'll find as I say something.
1: you can't not pass it there's always going to be something that gives you a journey between the first track and the last track.
0: You have anything else to add on this album in particular before i ask you the question?
1: No, that's that's it. All right, Scott. Mm. Band of Horses cease to begin throne owner grown. Well, let me answer your question with a question. Oh no. <laughs> what kind of maniac packages a record with an insert that doesn't have a lyrics sheet. On it. <laughs> so you, you've already purchased it. I did. I, I ended up buying it or ordered it. I ordered it on Sunday. Yeah. By the way, very affordable for the standard black edition. Right? Yeah. I think, I think you like 13 bucks. You can snag it, was, it. I think it was 14 on Amazon or something like that. So yeah. So after our, our initial making fun of the record, listen to it, I listened to it on Sunday by myself on the earbuds and, uh, yeah, I really ended up liking it more than I let on on the podcast. A little, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Just having uh, no one's gonna love you on it was mm-hmm. probably enough for me to purchase it for fourteen bucks. Yeah, um, but then yeah, I find myself singing along to it whenever I listen to it, and then songs will run through my head throughout the day. Yeah, it's it's a good record overall. I really liked it. I feel like you saying that you needed to try.
0: Is mm. is less about this album and more about uh, how we listen to music for this podcast? Yeah, because the album itself is just so laid back that it, you could put it on, it could play through and be done before you know you listen to a song because it's oh, just yeah. kind of there. If you're not focusing on it, it's
1: not gonna dive into your head. It's just yeah, there. no, for sure. It it is very easily background music, huge vibe. But if you do like we do for the podcast. There's a lot to dive into, and I appreciate that of this record. the The work, like I said, it wasn't really work; it was just getting in the right mind frame. Yeah. And once I got in there, this record was just, yeah, it was great. Man, I'm I'm so glad. It really it, was. Like,
0: this this one this this album means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, and obviously. not that
0: not, not that I ever expect you you or anybody to feel the same way I do. I, I'm just glad that, especially with this one, it'd be hard to feel the same way as yeah. you do with this one. But I just, like, as long as somebody else could have a positive, even a positive vibe from something that I vibe with, I, yeah. I, I like it. I like This is, like, you would never have listened to this album,
1: probably, if I didn't bring it to no. you. No. You would have never known about it. No. And it's funny because, like, I would have never known that our friends listened to it, too. Our yeah. friends, Laurel and Andy. I, I never would have brought up this band to them. And I don't think they have ever mentioned the band to me or Emily. And it's just funny that we can be like, yeah. Yeah, band of horses, man. Wow. <laughs> so just to put a bow on this, Throne groan, its own? Yeah, its, it's own uh, only because when I'm in the country or folk mindset, I have one in particular that's a throne that I can okay. put above this that I know of that I'm going to give you uh, later, not this week. But it's very close. The one thing that would keep it, that that's keeping it from being a throne is that first track dude that's wow the the repetitiveness of that first track totally like i was like oh god it's so boring and like i i actually my first initial reaction was like this is the laziest songwriting i've ever heard the the feeling that i have with that
0: track because it says ghost in the title i've always in my head seen, like, a ghost just, like, floating. And that track was, like, a, it's, a, it's a ghost track. Like, it's kind of there, but it's not there. I think that's always how I rationalize that track. Okay. And I see that. I thought you would dislike the first track for a different reason is... Oh. I thought you would like that that riff. I And do. then the rest of the album kind of doesn't have that vibe? Like, it doesn't have that... It's more upbeat at times? I think
1: that's what threw me the first listen through, is because... I I was surprised with the first track because it's more indie feeling that you would give this record to me with that, with that vibe from the first track. And then moving on to a more folk country sound throughout the record threw me even more. And it took me to get into that mindset to enjoy it. But after getting into that mindset, I really did enjoy it. Okay. You got anything else to add to this album before we move on to albums of the week? No, I really liked it. It was great. Thank you for bringing it to me. Really, I appreciate it. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I really love that you have such a a nostalgic uh, feeling and backstory to this record. And I'm glad that I have it now with that story from you. Now, this record will always remind me of you and Tara. And I think that's super cool. Perfect. Um, What's your album of the week this
0: week? You said you use it as a palate cleanser. What do we got?
1: Yeah. uh, Mastodon's new record, Hushed and Grim. Very mastodon feeling but not mastodon necessarily an execution in my opinion like less technical yes exactly it's less technical less proggy um more more sludgy kind of um very like it couldn't have come out at a different time in the year, not only in the sound, but even in the album art and everything, it's very like Halloween-y fall type vibe to it. Um, okay. The one thing that's really funny about it, though, is listening to this, l- listening to the Mastodon record and then leading into Band of Horses, there was a country, like a very country-sounding track on the Mastodon record that I was like, this just doesn't feel like it fits. I can't imagine that it didn't feel right. And then I got into Band of Horses and I was like, oh, my God, it's like following me. I'm I'm being haunted. <laughs> but no, uh, it's it's good, but not my favorite Macedon record.
0: Yeah. What's your album of the week? My album of the week will not be Limp Biscuits new album Still Sucks. I liked it. Like, I can't I, I can't say that I disliked it, but there's just some stuff that I was like, that's a weird choice. And that's a weird one to go. After, if you can take every track off that album out of the context of the album and listen to it as a single, somebody will enjoy
1: it. I got but it. when it's within it, it's 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 a whole thing. I've never been a big Limp biscuit guy, so I don't know. Like the, seeing that they came out with a new record didn't like. I had no desire for it. I think there would be some. There's a couple things on there I think you
0: would like, but I don't know if you like if you were listening to the whole album if you would like them with the context of the rest sure. of the album.
1: I really dig West Borland's guitar playing. I think he's really phenomenal. Um, but he was the only bit of Limp Bizkit that I liked. We may have talked about this, maybe even on the show. Have you
0: listened to his own band, Big Dumb Face? I did not know he had his own band called okay, Big well, Dumb Face. Don't. Okay. Don't. <laughs> okay. Because I have a lot of history with one of those albums, too. Oh, wow. Okay, so, cool. So that may come into play
1: at some point in the future. I I have to write it down. I like that you get to write something down that I haven't listened to Mid-podcast. The list is getting bigger. I, I love I, it.
0: I've got like a couple things this week, if you recall, that I've just like yes. randomly sent to you and be like, have you listened to this? And it was like, right. no. Was like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So my actual album of the week, Ekphrasis. E-K-P-H-R-A-S-I-S. Ekphrasis And Ekphrasis is essentially dramatic verbal description of visual art. Oh, I guess okay. it's like a, that's what phrases means is like you are you are explaining something in words that you are looking at visually. Oh, interesting. Okay, but it is a combo album by um, Bronze Nazareth and Rock Marciano. I think Rock Marciano is the producer on the whole thing, oh, whereas okay. Bronze Nazareth is the rapper. And I am going to send you a couple of these tracks because you you'll love some of them. Okay, Bronze Nazareth is from Detroit, so oh, wow. Wow. okay.
1: I don't know if I've yeah. never heard the name, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, send me send me some of those tracks. I want to hear it.
0: I will. There's a there is a uh, there's a Boldy James feature on one of the tracks. Also, love it already. I, so I know you will.
1: <laughs> so Scott, what is what am I listening to next week? So in our last episode, our Metallica episode, I I told you that there's a big debate in the metal universe about Metallica versus Megadeth. Yes. So this week I'm giving you a Megadeth record that might not be their most critically acclaimed. And a lot of people would give you a different one to listen to for Megadeth. But this one uh, is one of my favorites. This is, you're going to get Megadeth's euthanasia. Okay. So their
0: sixth record. I've seen the album art for it just by like looking through Megadeth albums and stuff like that. But I have no line of connectivity to it.
1: Perfect. There have been re-releases of this record. So when you listen to it, you'll listen to, um, I believe the first track is Reckoning Day. And you're only going to be listening to through um, Victory is the last song. Sounds good. So... I'm excited.
0: I've also discovered that I think this Band of Horses
1: record will be my palate cleanser for a lot of stuff. I feel like it should, especially stuff that I'll give you cuz there's yeah. there's only one record that feels like this that I have on the list for you, which I said is like my throne country folkish feeling type record. So I'll let you know when that comes up so you can have a different palate cleanser, but yeah. this Band of Horses record is a great palate cleanser for like any metal, punk, hip hop, type regular stuff that we talk about
0: because if nothing else it'll
1: at least clear out your mind like if you're not focused
0: on it it'll just clear it out like you're fine
1: you can throw it on in the background and just be like okay i'm ready for whatever
0: and i think this is the first time i was conscious of listening to it where i was like yeah, because you talk about palate cleanser records, and yes. I, like I said, I listen to so much shit that I'm just I go vibe from vibe, like I just jump from vibe to vibe all yeah. the time. But I was I was listening
1: to this with the intent of like questioning is this a good palate cleanser? And I, I I think it is. I think it is too. I think it's. I was gonna say I think it's phenomenal for that, but I think it's a, a great record, hands down. Just period, it's a great record. I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and listen to the first one just out of pure curiosity. Um, yeah, for the track the funeral. But I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into Band of Horses some more, but this record was good. I might send you a
0: single or two off like one of their other albums I listened to that I liked, but I'm, you know, I, I don't, it, I don't expect you to go and dig into the whole albums. Right. You got anything else to add before we wrap this thing up? No, I don't. I'm I'm super stoked for you to listen to this record though. I'm excited because I, I didn't know what vibe I was going for
1: this week, but yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AYLpod. Yes. Uh, I forgot to mention that last week. Also, the pods up on Spotify as well as Google Podcasts now, so super stoked about that. Still working on the Apple podcast situation. I don't know how that one's gonna work out. But so far, you can follow us on those two platforms, and I'm super stoked about that. So,
0: yeah, interact with the twitter tell us tell us albums you think we should listen to. We'll we'll start a list. I don't think we're gonna be diving in like to those right away, but probably not. I think because
1: we have a lot of albums to give to each other before we really we do there. uh we we have had one mention of a record from somebody else on the Twitter really appreciate that shout out to stick I'm cutting that out <laughs> <laughs> uh don't know how soon we'll dive into that record but but it's on the it's on the list thank it's you for stick. yes thank you for putting something on the list very it's on a separate list. it's not on it's not on one of
0: our lists it's on a separate list. <laughs> Let's just make that clear <laughs> but yeah i mean if that's it um, yeah that's it so megadeth euthanasia next week scott thank you it's been thank you brother always love you man i love you too and uh are you listening are you listening married my lover december la da trying to murder any other way And now he has passed. So in my head, like, is there a ghost in my house? Like, is Tim here?